The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Mem Gimal. Today's Daf is being studied in Alun Ishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. That's Raha and Shmirat Toshave Eris Israel and Hayale Eris Israel by Basha Baviru Bayam. And Bezat Hashem should have safety and protection and success and victory over all the enemies. And Bezat Hashem. Yisrael, Yishkon, Rabetah, Ubal, Sion, Goel, Amen, Amen. We are in the middle of a sugya discussing some of the laws surrounding Paraduma. We began a series of derashot on the last daf, and we'll review those two derashot quickly, and then we'll continue uh, our derashot on daf Mem Gima. Uh, it should be pointed out that there are two styles of dirashot that the Gemara says that we're going to be using one style of a dirasha is what the Gemara calls mashma motzi miyad mashma meaning that we are reversing uh, our logic that was said in the pasuk before for example if pasuk A the pasuk said that the paraduma is done by a kohen a certain procedure so the next pasuk, based on what it says, will be the reverse of what the last procedure was. Meaning if this was done by a Kohen, then the next pasuk is done by a Yisrael. <clears throat> or if it's going to say Kohen back to back, we're going to have to analyze why would it have to say Kohen back to back if we know already it said Kohen in the previous procedure. <clears throat> so what we're basically going to do is go through every single procedure of the paradigm from the beginning to the end. And we're going to analyze who exactly does the procedure. The options are Kohen, Kohen Gadol, Zar, <coughs> Katan, Isha. The Gemara is going to go through uh, all the uh, Derashot. Yesterday, for example, we started off with two Derashot. The first Derasha was on the Pasuk, Untatem Ota El Azara Kohen. So the Paraduma is given to El Azara Kohen. So the Gemara says, Le El Azar. Ota le'el azar, this para, keyword being ota, this para was given to el azar, velo ledorot el azar, but not for the generations el azar. The Gemara there had two variant opinions, what does that mean? So some said that in the future generations, even a Kohen Hidyot is able to do the para aduma, the services. Another shita said no, in the future generations, only a Kohen Gadol can do the paraduma because they had a gizra shabah hok hok from uh, Yom Kippurim. That was the rasha number one. The rasha number two was 
the pasuk that said uh, the pasuk that said vehotzi ota and you shall bring the para out. So there we learned ota again that you only bring one para out at a time. We had a very important mahlokat between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi. Both agreed that the Rasha is Ota. Only it and not another para with it. One learned, Rabbi learned, is Gizrat Katuf. Ota, finished, you cannot take it out with anything else. Not another para, for that matter, not even another Hamor. Doesn't matter what you take it out with. But Rabbi Shimon, who was Doresh Ta'amid Kra, so he came along and said, no, the reason why I can't take out another para is because people are going to think you might have slaughtered the other para, that's a problem. <coughs> Therefore, according to him, if it was a hamor, where there's no suspicion that you're going to slaughter the hamor, it would be permissible. So again, the second that Asha was, but see, ota, that the para can only go out by itself. Now that's a direct derasha. That's not uh, overturning something that was in a different procedure. That's just a memela mashma, meaning it's mashma what the pasuk says. Now we're going to start giving uh, more derashah. We go to the third derashah. And we start on Mem Gimal Amud Rishon. Top line. Veshachat Ota. The pasuk says, Veshachat Ota, and you will slaughter it. Shelo Yishchot Aheret Emma. So what do we learn? <coughs> that you should not slaughter something else. Uh, with it. What does this mean? So the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara explains, on this derasha over here, that you slaughter it alone. Meaning, you cannot slaughter a, another para'aduma at the same time. Gemara says, lefanav, that what? You slaughter it in front of him. Now let's review. The word lefanav, if you remember, we had a very important mahlokit, between Rab and Shemuel. Let's review the Mahloket. Rab was the opinion that said the Paraduma must be slaughtered by a Kohen. And therefore, when it said Veshachat Ota Lefanav, it meant that, of course, El Azar is slaughtering it. That we know already. So, what does Veshachat Ota Lefanav mean? Veshachat Ota Lefanav means that you're not a Vesehadat. That the Kohen who's slaughtering cannot divert his attention from the animal at the time of the Shahita. Whereas according to Shemuel, that held that Shaita is Keshira Bezar by Paraduma. So Veshahat Ota Lefanav means that Azar is Shukhet, Lefanav in front of El Azar. That El Azar oversees the uh, Shaita. So the Gemara says, Lefanav, Lerav, according to Rab, Shelo Yasiyah Dato Mimena. Good. Lishmuel, Shiyeh Zar Shukhet, Vel Azar Ro'eh. Very good. Now, <clears throat> the next procedure is after the shahita, they take the blood and they sprinkle it towards oil mu'id. Now we have to analyze who's doing it. Now let's think for ourselves. According to Rav, who did the last procedure of shahita? The Kohen. So now, if till now we're talking about the Kohen, the Pasuk would not have to tell us that a Kohen is doing the Haza'ah. Because we're talking about a Kohen. The subject till now is Kohen. So if the Pasuk is going to tell us the Kohen does it, it's going to pose a question. Why would it have to tell us Kohen? Whereas according to Shemuel, we understand very clearly why it has to say the word Kohen by Hazah. Because the last subject we were talking about was a Zah. So therefore, the Gemara says, <coughs> Ve'lakah el-Azar ha-Kohen midama be'ezba'o. 
And Elazar the Kohen will take from the blood with his finger and sprinkle. Lishmuel le'adure le'Elazar. For Shmuel is very good to bring it back to Elazar, because the last procedure was. Azar, that's Shaita. So the Torah has to tell us now this procedure of Azar has got to be done by El Azar. That's a clear example of what we said, Motsi Miyad Mashma. Meaning the procedure of Hazar is reversing what we said in the previous Pasuk. Where in the previous Pasuk we said it's Azar, this Pasuk comes to reverse. The, uh, the, the Zat and say it's only done by a Kohen. But the question is, according to Rav, that the previous procedure we were talking about a Kohen, so why does it have to tell me El Azar a Kohen? We have a very important principle in learning. It's called the Mi'ut Ahar Mi'ut. An exclusion followed by an exclusion. The En Mi'ut Ahar Mi'ut Ela Lerabot. The principle works like this. When you have an exclusion, for example, in the Shekhita, we have an exclusionary term. Only in Azar is Shohet. That's an exclusion to limit everybody else. And then the next Pasuk says, Hazaah by El Azar. That's again exclusionary. Mi'ut Aharibut actually comes to include. It's like a double negative <coughs> that becomes a positive. This is a Mi'ut Ahar Mi'ut. It becomes a. Uh, <coughs> inclusionary. So the Gemara says, kohen So therefore, the Hazaah can be done according to Rav, even by a regular kohen. You don't need a segan like El Azar. El Azar was a segan kohen. He was the assistant kohen gadol. You don't need that level of kohen. It can even be done by a kohen idiot. So we have a fantastic malokar over again between Rav and Shemuel by Hazaah. We're according to uh, Shemuel. Shemuel says that the reason why I have to say El Azad is to tell me that what? Davka Kohen. That's why the Pasuk had to bring back El Azad. Where according to uh, Rav, Rav is telling you no, the reason why I had to say Kohen, didn't have to say it, but from the fact that it did say it, it's a Mi'ut, Ahar Mi'ut. And a mi'ut, the har mi'ut comes along and says, that even a regular kohen, doesn't have to be a segan kohen, is able to do the hazaat uh, hadam. Uh, now we go to the next process. The next process over here is what? The kohen will take the hisap and the cedar with the red string. Right, he ties it up. So now the discussion is Lishmuel the Afilu Bekohen Idiot. Right? The Pasuk says Benakah Kohen. So according to Shemuel, what is the word Kohen coming to tell you? It's coming to downgrade. Till now we're talking about El Azar according to him. Right? Sagan. So the word Kohen tells me this process can be even be done by a Kohen Hidjot. Lirav it's tarikh. Now according to that, what do you need this word Kohen for? Which is already we're at the level of Kohen Idiot. <coughs> we started with El Azar. <coughs> right? We started with El Azar by the Shaita. We then had another inclusionary because we said not only had a mi'ut tahar mi'ut. Not only El Azar, but even a Kohen Idiot. So we're at Kohen Idiot level already. So why do you have to tell me that the Kohen takes the it's it is? 
So it comes to the Gemara and says, it has to tell to me why. Since it's not intrinsically part of the para, right? Because this is uh, separate from the para. It's not doing anything to the Tekao itself. Maybe I might think you don't need a Kohen. But you need a Kohen. So therefore, Kohen Idiot, according to everybody, is used for the issue of the Etzerez, Agodat Ezov, and Shnitolat. Again, according to Shemuel, it's again, Motsim uh, Mashma. Because until now we're talking about El Azar, from the fact that it has to say the word Kohen, it's coming to say you don't need a Segan Kohen, it's enough to use even a Kohen Hediot. Whereas according to Rav, the whole Pasuk is superfluous, because we're talking about a Kohen Hediot at this level. And the reason why you have to tell them, because I would have thought, maybe you can even use a Zar in this case, because it's not actually involved with the Para itself. Kamashwaran the Pasuk? No. Kohen. The Kohen must do it, meaning you still need a Kohen Hediot. Good? Now we continue the Derashot. The next procedure is what? Vechibes Begadav Kohen. The Kohen that's involved in burning the Etzeres uh, and the Ezov, the Torah says, special law by Paraduma, the Kohen becomes Tameh. Anybody that gets involved in any of the procedures of the Paraduma walks away with Tum'ah. So what does he have to do? He has to clean his garments, meaning put them in a Mikveh. So the Gemara says, Vechibes Begadav HaKohen. What is that word Hakohen coming to do? Don't we know we're talking about the Kohen according to everybody? So the Gemara says, no. It means the garments of the Kohen, meaning he has to wear Bigdeh Kehuna. During the service of the Paraduma, the Kohen is wearing Kohen clothes. So if that's what we learn from the extra word in the Pasuk, Kohen. If it just would have said, Vichibes Begadab, which it could have said, we know we're talking about the Kohen. Of course, everybody, we're talking about the Kohen. Meaning, with the garments of the Kohen. Meaning, he has to wear priestly garments. Oh, so now the Pasuk says, And the Kohen will be Tameh until the evening. He has to go to the Mikveh also. And he needs Erev Shemesh, right? In order to be Taor. Again, why does he have to say the word Kohen? We know we're talking about Kohen. How many times does the Pasuk have to repeat? So the Gemara says, Kohen bechihuno ledorot. It's coming to tell you a hadith for the future generations that not only the kohen, the first kohen that did the paraduma, did he have to wear priestly garments, and the first kohen that burnt the etzeres neizov had to wear priestly garments, but v'tamei kohen adaharid, all kohanim in the future generations are going to have to wear priestly garments during the service. So we learn two things on this pasuk. Number one. The first Kohen is teaching me during that generation. The Kohen had to wear Big Dekeuna. And then we say, Vitamek Kohen Adaharev teaches me, again, Kohen, future generations also he has to wear Big Dekeuna. Now, <coughs> no, these are not Miut Ahal at all. These are regular Derashot. Miut Ahal is when you have. Uh, 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 two uh, uh, exclusions back to back. Here it's not excluding anything. Here it's just telling us two different procedures. It's telling us that when the Kohen is uh, cleaning his garments, the word Kohen is not referring to a Kohen. It's referring to Bigdeh Kehuna. Oh, we're giving it a Derasha. You're making a Derasha on the word Kohen. It's not Kohen per se. We know it's about a Kohen. We know it's not about a Kohen. And what does the Kohen teach me? Bigdeh. 
What's Bechirunah for? That's what Bechirunah is for. Bechirunah is for. Bechirunah is for. Let's turn to the Pasuk. Bechibes Bechirunah is for. Period. What does the word Kohen in that Pasuk mean? Bechirunah. Bechirunah is for. Pasuk ends at the word Hakohen. So the word Bechirunah means Bechirunah is for. Exactly. And then the word Gibbalah is for. Talk about the Kohen. We're not talking about who's doing it. We know who's doing it. In the word Kohen again, it's talking about Bechihuno. Bechihuno, meaning the Dorot, for the future generations. Now, the Gemara says, hold it. Hanihpah leman dabal le Dorot, Bechihuno idiot, Shapir. Remember we had a Mahloket on last daf. In the future generations, who does the Paraduma? So once she said Kohen idiot, right? You don't need El Azar Segan. You can even use a Kohen idiot. So, we understand. You need an inclusionary pasuk to tell me that a Kohen idiot needs to wear his garments But if you're telling me, according to the opinion that says you need the Kohen Gadol If you need the Kohen Gadol, isn't it goes without saying that he's got to wear his Garments is begadim. When you tell me kohen idiot, which is already you see you're downgrading, it's okay. Maybe he doesn't have to wear his garments. That's why I need a special inclusion to tell me bechehuno. But if you tell me that this kohen gadol's got to do the, the uh, service, so the guy, it's obvious he's got to wear his uh, his begadim. So he says in. Yes, you will still have to tell it to me. Miltad we have a principle. Sometimes things that can be deduced from a Kabbalah Homer, the Pasuk toils and ex- ex- explains it anyway. Because you're right. We could have learned from a Kabbalah Homer that he has to wear Big Day Kuna. And what my Kabbalah Homer would have been? If the Kohen Gadol has got to do the service, isn't it obvious that for sure he's got to wear his Big Adim? To give us that's a valid Kabbalah Homer. But you know what? Still, we have a Pasuk to tell me something that I could have deduced from a Kabbalah Homer. And the Torah does that sometimes. Sometimes the Torah allows us to make the Kavahomer by ourselves. And sometimes the Torah says, you know what, even though you could have made the Kavahomer yourself, we're going to explicitly write it for you and include it. So therefore it's miltad that ya bekavahomer. Sometimes things that could have been deduced from lakra. The pasuk toils and writes it. Now, the next procedure was what? The asaf ishtaor et para veniyah. Now, it says a man will come along and gather the ashes, right, of the para, and place them. So the Gemara says, Ish, now we do ash. What is the word Ish coming down me? Lachshir et azar. Very good. Obviously the word Ish is telling me even a non-Kohen. doesn't say ve'asaf kohen So in collecting the ashes, even an Ish is okay, even a Zar. Tahor, now it says, a Tahor man. Now we know, we're talking about Tahor people. We look at the context of these Pesukim, it's talking about all people that are Tahor. Why would the Pesukim have to go out of its way to tell me a Tahor person? So the Gebaras is a big Hadush here. Le'akshir eta'isha. Now when it comes to collecting the ashes, even a lady is okay. V'hiniyah, and he will place it. Nishiyesh podat le'aniyah. Only somebody that has intellect to place it. Yatsu heres shoteh vekatan she'em bahem da'at to the exclusion of a deaf person, a person that's deranged mentally, or katan is a minor, that they don't have da'at, and therefore they cannot be involved in the collecting of the efra para. 
So let's get the Hidush of this Pasuk. Three Hidushim. Ish, to tell me even a Zar. Ta'or, to tell me even a lady. Ve'iniyah, only people with intellect. Le'apukeh, hereshoteh, bekatan. Tenanatam, we have a Mishnah. Hakol keshirin le'kadesh. Everybody is permissible le'kadesh. Le'kadesh means to pour the water into the ashes. That's called Kiddush Hamayim. When you pour the water into the ashes and mix them up. Chutz Again, except for a Hares Shotev Katan, because the Pasuz of Eniyah, he has to have Da'at to place it. And Rabbi Yehuda argues in Tanakh Kamaubir on two things. Number one, he says, a Katan is okay. And on the same point, he says, but a lady is... Pasul. So we have a double mahluk between the Biyuda and the Tarakamah. Tarakamah allows an Isha and is posel a Katan. Whereas the Biyuda says, Katan mutar, Isha pisula. Alright? Comes Gawran says, Adrogenos. Adrogenos is a Safik Isha, Safik Ish. Which means he has two uh, Simanim. So therefore it's also going to be uh, Pasu. My Tamad Rabbanan, now we're going to analyze the source of this Mahloket. What's the reason why the rabbis uh, forbid a Katan, but allow an Isha? Isha, we know why they allow. Isha, because the Pasu says Tahor. So the word Tahor came along and said, extra word even in Isha. So the Gemara is going to analyze, why don't they learn like the B? Yehuda. So my Tamad Rabbanan, Tichtiv, it says, Vilakihu latameh me'afar sirifat ahatat. It says, and they will take, they will take for the tameh from the afar of the sirifat ahatat, and they will mix it with the waters. Hanak de pasli lach ba'asifa, pasli lach bekidush. Beautiful. From the word Vilakihu. They will take the word. Who's they? They that we just discussed in the previous process. The process before the mixing of the water is collecting the ashes, and in collecting the ashes, the rabbi said, "Isha is keshera, and a katan is pasul." So, therefore, whatever we said in the previous process applies in the following process. At why? Because the pasul says, "Velakehu." What does Vilakihu teach me? They will take. Whoever was taking before will take now. And in the process of collecting the ashes, what do we say? Isha Kesera. Katan Pasul. Good? Vehanak the Akshure Lakh Basifa Akshiri Lakh Bekidush. And those that I said were kosher by the Asifa are going to be kosher by the Kidush, meaning the mixing of the waters. Those are two different processes. Collecting of the ashes and then the putting the water. The Rabbi Yehuda, oh, so Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says, "Imken lema kera velakah." If that's the case, the pasuk should have said velakah in a singular term. Why? Because by the asifa, by the collection of the ashes, the Torah also wrote it in a singular term. It said in the pasuk, "Ve'asaf ishtahor." So if you try to connect the two subjects to tell me whoever's kashir over here is kashir over there, why did the Torah jump to plurality? 
the pasuk should have said v'lakach, just like it says by the collecting of the ashes v'asaf. My v'lakichu, you know what v'lakichu is coming to do? It's coming to add. It's coming to tell me people that were not kasher by the previous are now kasher by the mixing of the waters. Plural to teach me what the afilu katan the pasti lachatam hacha kasher. They would agree with that. The fact that it says by the mixing of the words velakehu, which is more than vasaf, so it's coming to tell me it's coming to be more lenient that more people are able to do the pouring of the waters into the efedapara than we're allowed to do by the collecting of the ashes. So collecting of the ashes katar is going to be pasul. However, a uh, over here by the mixing of the waters katam will be kasher. How do you get rid of the women? Right, that's the next line. Isha uh, minale. How do you know that uh, isha? What's the source for the biyuda? Because the biyuda says isha is pasul. Right? Where does he get that from? So it says venatan velo venatena. Very simple. It says venatan. Uh, the pasuk says uh, uh, masculine. And not Venatena. Okay? Would he hold the same thing by gathering the ashes? No. By the gathering of the ashes, we have the word Vetahor. Oh, yes, yeah, let's go. By the gathering of the ashes, it says Venakah or Veasaf Ish Tahor. Ish to tell me Azar. Tahor to tell me even a lady. Now we're discussing the um, pouring of the. Uh, Pouring of the pouring of the water into the ashes, right? So the Gemara says, according to the Bihuda, katan is mutar velakehu. Plural language. How do you know a lady is pasul? Because the pasul says venatan. Venatan is masculine to tell me only a man can pour, but not a lady. Velo venateta venatena. Comes the Gemara says verabanan. Now. What is the opinion of the rabbis? <coughs> if the pasuk would have written velakah venatan, which means by the pouring the water into the ashes, if the pasuk would have written in a singular terminology like it did by the vasaf, right? Would have said velakah, they take the ashes, venatan, they put in the water. Hava mina ad shakil had v'yahiv had. I would have thought that you need two separate people. I would have thought that you need one person to take the ashes, and then you need a separate person to pour it in the waters. I would have, I would have thought that you need two separate people for these procedures. So teaches me the same people, or the same person that did the uh, collected the ashes, can pour the water uh, into the Mixture. Now, why then does the word Venatan say it in singular term? It says Venakehu, then it says Venatan. It should say it in plural. According to the view, that's not a question. Venatan is coming to teach us not a lady. But according to the banan, why doesn't it say Venatan? Why does it say, why, why does it say Venatan? It should have said Venatenu. I would have thought that you need two people for the taking of the ashes 
and two people for the pouring in. So from the fact that it says now, so I learn over here, it doesn't matter how many people you take. If you take two and one, one and two, or even one and one. Which is once already you have a singular and a plural in the same pasuk, it means to tell me it doesn't matter how many people you want to use for any of the processes. Even if two people took the ashes, it's okay. So therefore again, at this point over here, we review this last drasha between the Chachami and the Yehuda. We started the drasha by the, um, by the collection of the ashes. It says, and a Tahor person will take the effort of para. The Hakamim come along and say, Ish? Ish is not a claim. That's right away. Zar. No argument. Tahor, Tahor, even a lady. Meniyah, even Hiresh Shoteh, Vekata is Pasul. Meniyah, you have to have Da'at. To exclude a Hiresh Shoteh Vekata. That's Shita of Tanakama. Now once we have that, we have a next process. The next process is what? Kiddush. What is Kiddush? Pouring the water into the mixture. Now on this uh, subject over here, we have a great machalot between Tanakama and Arbi Uda. Hachamim say, Hakol kishirin lekadesh chutz mehadesh shoteh vekatan. Hachamim actually hold, whoever's pasul in the previous process, is pasul in this process. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Velakehu, Velakehu comes and says, Whoever took in the last item can take in this item. Hence, ladies would be permitted, right? Ladies permitted. Where is Hadeshotavikatan? Asur. Lakehu, it's the same item. Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says, No. Katan is permitted. Isha, not permitted. Oh, big mahluk by the Kiddush over here. Rabbi Yehuda, what's your, uh, what's your source over here? So he comes along and says, very simple. The Pasuk, uh, if the Pasuk by Kiddush, pouring it in, says, they will take. But the Pasuk by gathering the ashes says singular, Hence it's mashma that in the gathering, in the pouring of the water, it's mashma we're coming to include more people. Whereas in the inyan of the gathering of this ve'asaf ishtahor, one not one but singular, right? Now it's coming to say ve'lakehu. More people can be involved in the pouring of the waters. So that was it coming to include katan. Ah, so maybe come to include a lady also. No, but it says ve'natan, ve'natan ve'lo ve'natena. So that now it comes the rabbis and they have to answer. Hey. According to you rabbis, why does it say Velakihu? <coughs> so the rabbis will answer because you would have thought that you have to do it, uh, that you have to have. Which why does it say singular by uh, it says uh, Velakihu? By, by, by the it says singular, and by the the um, the, pouring. the pouring it says Kiddush it says Velakihu. So the rabbis answer to that that. I would have said, um, I would have thought that what? That you need one person 
for the taking of the ashes and one person for the pouring. Vilakhu meaning the same people. You don't need a different uh, guy for the ashes and a guy for the water. Oh, so if that's the case, uh, why does it say Vilakhu uh, Vilatan? In the same pasuk, it starts off plural and then it goes to singular. Tarat Akamim said, because you would have thought that maybe it's not kasher until you have two and two. Teach me any any number of people is okay. Two and one, one and two, one and one. The number of people involved is not necessary because I got a plural language, I got a single language. That tells me anything's okay. So we have a mahloket legabekidush. What is permissible? Now, based on this mahloket, the next procedure is going to be also affected. How? Gebra continues. Gebra says. Okay, Velakah Ezov Vetaval Bamayim Ish Tahor. Now we discuss the sprinkler. The one that actually takes the Ezov, puts it in the water, and sprinkles the Tamer uh, guy. So it says Velakah Ezov, takes the Ezov, Vetaval Bamayim, dips in the water, Ish Tahor. Now, Velabanan Ish Velo Isha. Okay, the Pasuk says Ish. So obviously each is coming to tell me uh, a man does it, but not a lady. Which means in the previous derasha, uh, we said isha is okay. In the previous two processes, in collecting of the ashes, based on the word tahor, in the mixing of the water, we said it's the same thing. Isha is also okay. So now we got to reverse. That's what the puzzle has to come and say ish. Because we're reversing what we said in the previous Derasha. Hence, Ish comes and tells me, Velo, Isha. Correct. Allah is about to tell me Ish for. Tahor. What does Tahor come and say? Lakshir Katan. Very good. The rabbis, when the last Derash said Katan is Pasul, right? This Hadesh Tavikatan is Pasul. Here, from the fact that it says the extra word Tahor, it comes to me including a Katan. Well, the Rabbi Yehuda is the opposite. According to Rabbi Yehuda, in the last procedure, lady was forbidden and katan was mutar. So then we're going to reverse. Now it says ish, ish velo katan. The ish is going to tell me that a katan is not good. Tahor lachsiri taisha. And Torah is coming to say isha is kosher. So in this case, both reversed. It was a double reverse. Okay. Now, let's just review quickly all the short that we said until this point. Let's try to uh, do it uh, ourselves. Starting from the beginning of the Amuch Sheni. The first Dirashah was exactly. The first Dirashah was. Uh, let's get the word. From there we learned that the first part of the mouth was done by El Hazar. We had a machloket, what does dorot mean? Either kohen idiot or kohen gadol. Then Hashem number two, Everybody agrees, only one para at a time, not two para at a time. Machloket Rabbi and Rabbi Shimon, exactly how far that goes. Good. The next pasuk was v'shachat otah, 
you only slaughter one at a time, shelo yishchot acheret imah. You don't slaughter any other para with it, which means you can only slaughter one, uh, two at a time is not legitimate. Lefanav, machloket Rav and Shmuel. Rav says, v'shalat oto, ota lefanav is el azav. The Kohen has to slaughter it. Whereas according to Shmuel, no. Zar slaughters it in front of el azav. Good? Next derasha. The next derasha is, now, according to Rav, that we're talking about a Kohen till now, so there's no reason to tell me El Hazar. So what is El Hazar coming to tell me? That would be called a Mi'ut, Ahar Mi'ut, which comes to include. To tell me not only El Hazar, but even a coin Hediot would be permissible to sprinkle the blood. Shemuel needs to tell me El Hazar to bring him back. Because until this point, we're talking about Azar. In the previous Derash, it was Azar. So therefore, Shaita was Zar. That's why you have to tell me the next process of Hazar Tadam, it's even kosher by a Kohen. Very good. Next process. According to Shemuel, I understand why it's telling me Kohen. Because still now we're talking about El Hazar. The word Kohen tells me downgrades. Even a Kohen would be permissible for the Etz Eres. Whereas according to uh, Rab, you're talking about a Kohen Ejot already. What do you need to tell me the word Kohen for? Because you would have thought in the process of the Etz Eres, it's not Paraduma proper, maybe a Zad is okay. That's what a Pazuk has to tell me. No, no, no. You still need a Kohen. Very good. Vichibes begadava Kohen, he's got to wear clothes. Vikehuno. Even the Kohen in the future generations has to wear clothes. It's a Hiddush, obviously, if the Kohen the opinion that says the future generation uses a Kohen idiot, according to the opinion that says the future generation needs a Kohen Gadol, it's a Kava Homer, but the Basuk still tells me something I could have deduced from a Kava Homer. Next item. The Asaf Ish Tahor. It a Paraveniyah. The Asaf Ish comes and tells me. Ish Afiluzar. Everybody agrees to that. That Azar can collect the ashes. Ish Tahor, even a lady can collect the ashes. Vediyah, that have brains. There's no argument on that. The argument now comes by Kiddush, by the next process. By, by the next process, which is mixing the ashes and the water. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Velakihu Latame Ma'afaz Sirifata Hatat Venatan Alav Maim Aim El Keli. So according to Hakamim, they say, beautiful, Velakihu. Whoever took the ashes is involved in taking the Kiddush, meaning ladies permissible, uh, Zar permissible, Hereshotev Katan Asur. Beautiful. Rabbi Yudah comes along and says, no, no, no. The word Vilakihu is plural. Whereas in the collecting of the ashes, it was singular. Coming to tell me it's including more people. It's coming to say what? Even a katan is permissible. It's permissible. Oh, what about a lady? No, not a lady. Because it says, Vinatan. Oh, what do the rabbis do with those words? The Gibbara explains it. Now we go to the next process. The next process was what? 
Next process was Velakah Ezov Vetaval Bamaim Ishtahor. Now we talk about the last process, this is sprinkling. Now, since this is the last process, we have two extra words here. Ish and Tahor. Well, those are the words uh, that are able to be Nidrash. Now, both Rabbanan and Rabbi Yehuda are going to use the words Ish Tahor to reverse. Whatever we included in the last process, Ish Tahor is going to exclude it in this process. Meaning, according to the Rabbanan, until this point, Isha is okay, and Katan is forbidden. Oh, so now we're going to come along and say, Ish, Velo Isha. Now the Ish is going to tell me, Isha in the sprinkling is Asur. And the word Tahor is coming to tell me, Tahor, we know what we're talking about, even a Katan. So you have a reverse on two items. Whereas according to Rabbi Yehuda, until this point, now Katan was permissible, and Isha was Asura. So you know what the word Ish comes and tells me? Ish velo Katan. Katan Asur in the sprinkling, Tahor to include a lady. So therefore, it was Motsi in both opinions. That's the whole derash of all these Pesukim, each one respectively. Now we continue. Chavz Gevaran says, We have a question from a Braita. Hakol kesherin lahazot. Right? Everybody is kasher to do the sprinkling. Chutz mit tumtum. Tumtum is somebody that's closed up. You don't know if he's a zakhar or nekeba. His uh, area over there is mit tumtam, meaning it's closed. Ve'androgenos is somebody that has two simanim. Ve'isha. Uh, and isha as well. And the lady also is forbidden to do the Sprinkling. The katan, she is bodat, or she is bodat, a katan, a minor that is young, that does not have this intelligence, isha misayato umaze. So a lady can help him do the haza'ah. Now this is a braita. Now, this is against Rabbi Yehuda. Because again, Rabbi Yehuda that what? Isha is kishira. Right? Isha's Keshira. So the Gebarah says, Velo Palig, Rabbi Yehuda. What do you mean? How come Rabbi Yehuda didn't talk to this Blaita? I mean, Rabbi Yehuda doesn't agree with this Blaita. He's a Tanai. Shouldn't he have commented on this Blaita and he should have said, Rabbi Yehuda Makshir Beisha. Not only was he Makshir Beisha, but he was Osir Bekatan. Okay, so Osir Bekatan, you're telling me what? Katan She'en Bodat. Mashmah, Katan She'esh Bodat. It's okay. What do you mean? According to the Yehuda, Katan Shez Modat is Asur. So this bride is clearly against the Yehuda. Shouldn't the Yehuda have commented? That's the Gemara's question. We don't believe the Yehuda. Amar Abaye, Kevan da Amar Mor, Mashma Motsi Miyad Mashma, U Mashma Memela, Memela Palig. Read it like this. Amar Abaye, Kevan da Amar Mor. Since we learned above, there's two styles of the Rashot and Paraduma. Mashma mutsi miyad mashma, where you're reversing the items of the last pasuk. Umashma mibela talig. Automatically, he's arguing, which means it's it's get forgiven. Meaning, once you know there's two styles that we're working with, once you know already that there's a derashat paraduma, whatever is said in the pasuk before, the next pasuk comes to reverse it. Obviously, we know that Yudah's opinion in the pasuk before. 
So you don't have to tell me in every Braita what he holds. I can just look at what he holds in the previous Derasha and plug it in into this. Which means you know the style already. So therefore, not every Mishnah is going to explain every Mahloket. If you can deduce it on your own. And we can deduce it on our own because we know already by the sprinkling... Uh, well, not by the. Well, this is talking about the uh, the sprinkling. We know what Nabi Yehuda said uh, by the uh, collecting of the uh, ashes. Everybody agreed. Then we know what he said by the kiddush, right? He uh, reversed it, and then we know what he said by the actual sprinkling, sprinkling itself. So that in this Mishnah, it doesn't have to explicitly tell us the opinion of Nabi Yehuda. Look at the Rashi over here. Keman de Amar. Which means, you cannot explain this Pasuk as it is. You have to explain this Pasuk in light of the Pasuk before it. Once already we know what Rabbi Yudah was by the Pasuk before it, so the Mishnah did not feel it necessary to have to explicitly tell us the Mahloket. Very good. Comes the Gemara continues. Two points. It says, who sprinkles? Who does the sprinkling? A tahor guy. Neizah tahor ala tameh. Tahor mechlashu tameh. But if you tell me the guy who's sprinkling is tahor, it's mashah that he was tameh, and now he's tahor. Because why do you have to say the word tahor? Don't we know we're talking about people that are tahorim? You're going out of your way to say the tahor guy, it's mashah that recently this guy was tameh, and now he became tahor. We learned a very important halakha from this word. From here we learn that somebody that became Tameh, that it's the Tevul Yom, he didn't go to the Mikveh, he went to the Mikveh, he didn't wait till nightfall, he's allowed to do the sprinkling of the Paraduma. If you remember, no, if you remember, that was the leniency by Paraduma. That's why the rabbis had to be stringent in a lot of other laws in order to compensate for the leniency of this. Remember? Which means in this case, the Tzidukim argued. The Tzidukim, they held, you need Shemesh. But we follow the Dirashot of the Hakamim, and they say, no. Tahor tells me that he's Tahor, meaning he went to the Mikveh, but there's no of Shemesh, he can sprinkle. But because of that leniency, the Hakamim had to fortify other laws of Paraduma. Uh, right, they, they were actually mitameh the guy in order to show the tzidukim that they were wrong. They would actually mitameh make him a tibul yom to show. But because of that leniency, that's the leniency. They had to compensate it somewhere else, they had to neutralize it. Amar of Aseh. Ki avu ba Rabbi Yohanan Vrishlakish When Rabbi Yohanan Vrishlakish were analyzing the pesukim in Parah Duma, lo maskam mina, they did not conclude from it. But they came out like a fox comes out from a plowed land. When a fox walks through plowed area, he comes out with some dust on his legs. Nothing substantial. When the Yohanesh Lakish was studying the Paraduma Pesukim, they had a theory like this. They wanted to explain it all either in one style of Derasha, either all regular derashot, what the Pasuk says, or all in the style of reversing what the Pasuk says before it, after it. But they couldn't. No matter how you learn, some Pasukim are to be taken 
on their own, and some Pesukim are Motsi Miyad Mashma. So that's what it means to say. When they were studying, they tried to give one consistent derech in all the Pesukim, but they couldn't come up with it. Look at Rashi. Fourth line. Lo maskemine, kilomar. Lo ayu ma'alim betocha tabar hidush, liyot yechonin lechot beshitata lehashvot. To equal, sheyem mikrauta kulam motsiim ze miyad ze, o kulam mitkaimim ze achar ze. They couldn't learn the Pesukim back to back. Or no, they couldn't learn, they couldn't learn the Pesukim reversing. So therefore, why does she says, Kemad de Masket Talaba Becharba, Kemosh Malia Shuad Benaglav Kishadores Asadenir? When a, a fox walks into a plow field, he has a little dirt on his thing, that's what they came up with. Not, not, nothing too substantial. Ela, what did they come out with? Amri Mashma Motsimi Ad Mashma, Umashma Bemela. Some derashot are supposed to be reverses, and some are supposed to be on their own. Like we have, we saw the two styles. Tani Tana Kamed Rabbi Yohanan. We have a Tana that said in front of Yohanan. Kol ha-shikitot kesherot bezar. All shikitot are kosher by azar. Chutz mishel para. Except for the para. And that would be concurrent with Rav's opinion. Right? Against Shemuel's opinion. So what did Rabbi Yohanan say when he heard this Tanaic statement? Go take this Braita, take it outside. Which means, I'm not interested in this Braita. He says, we don't find that Shaita Bezar is Pesula. Meaning, even by Paraduma, it's okay. Don't, call, don't give me this Braita. So he says, Rabbi Yohanan is arguing with Braita. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yohanan... Rabbi Yohanan not only doesn't listen to the stana of his braita, he's not even listening to his own rabbi. Why? Rabbi Yohanan quoted his rabbi, the Bishom Yohanan, that said, Shaitat para bezar pesula. But what did Rabbi Yohanan himself say? Vani Omer. Keshera, lo matzinu shaita shepishula bezar. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yohanan not only argues on a brayta, and Rabbi Yohanan obviously was an amora. He's arguing on a brayta, but he even argued against his rabbi's opinion. He held, the, he held all shaitot, including paraduma, ar keshera bezar. Shmuel is an amora as well. Shmuel is an amora, Rabbi Yohanan is an amora. And then from his Gemara, you, you see that he was an Amorah. Because the Gemara is saying, not only does he argue on the Tana of the Baraita, but he also argues on his own uh, rabbi's words. Very interesting, the Benu Eliakim over here, that explains how Rabbi Yohanan, who seemingly was an Amorah, argued on the Baraita. So his Lashon is, De'eno Rabbo, ve'eno Gadol Himenu, she'yeh hayav lekabel Himenu imen retzoro. Says that the author of the Brayta was not Rabbi Yohanan's rabbi, and he wasn't greater than Rabbi Yohanan. Therefore, Rabbi Yohanan can argue. However, the Gemara's claim is, even his rabbi that he is obligated to listen to, he didn't listen. And that's what the Gemara says. I feel that Rabbi the Hayav l'shmo alo haka lot sayit leklal. Comes the Gemara and continues. Balo etzel paro shniyah. We said that he came to his second part. The Kohen made vidui on two. The first one was kapara for him and his family. The second part he has be doing for him, his family, and all the family of the Kohanim, Bnei Aharon. 
Right? So the Gemara says, Why in the first Bidui doesn't mention Bnei Aharon? Why in the second Bidui he does mention Bnei Aharon? It makes sense. Why? Let somebody that first gained atonement for himself now gain atonement for the guilty. When he's still guilty of sin, how can he ask forgiveness for someone else? So that makes sense. Let him first atone and after he covers himself and his family, now he can go start asking for. Klal Yisrael. We have an interesting uh, application to this rule. Is when a person, for example, before Yom Kippur is making kaparot, right, for himself and his family. So the halacha says first he should do it for himself, and then he should do it for his family members. Well, let them be zakai clean himself, then he could be mechaper for others. Comes the next Mishnah. Shachato. They slaughtered the. Shachato the Kohen, they slaughtered the para, right? The second para. Let's double check that. Yes, the par of the uh, Kohen. Actually, we're discussing the second part, correct? Vikibel b'mizrak et damo. Now we know the Kohen has to do all the services on Kippur. So we have to explain in this Mishnah, as well as the Shonim explained, that he makes a partial shahita like we learned, and somebody else finishes for him, and then the Kohen has to actually receive the blood himself. And he gives the uh, blood to somebody that's in charge of mixing the blood, so it doesn't congeal. And the fellow does that on the fourth step of the Hechal. Now, the Gemara will explain exactly where this is. If you want to see a uh, picture just to get an idea, in the Hechal there was tiles. It was all tiled on the floor. So the Gemara is saying, you see over here in picture number 86, you see count tiles, one, two, three, four in the Hechal, and then we go up the steps, right, right, mm-hmm. parallel to that fourth tile, and the Kohen, another Kohen, would be holding the blood and he would just be mixing it. Okay, why would he be mixing it, the Mishnah says? Kedesh lo yikrosh, so it does not congeal. Natal mahta, Kohen Gadol continues his service. He takes the shovel. Ve'ala lerosha mizbeah. He goes to the Mizbeah HaChaitzon. He goes up to the Mizbeah. You remember we learned in the previous Mishnah, on the Mizbeah HaChaitzon you had two Ma'arachot. You had one Ma'aracha for the Qurban Tamid, and you had another Ma'aracha where you made coals in order to put it on the Mizbeah HaPinimi for the Ketoret. So now the Kohen needs to get those coals to make the Ketoret. So he would walk up to Mizbeah HaChaitzon, like Lerosha Mizbeah, so he would first stir the coals here and there. And he takes some of the coals that were eaten or burnt inside. He takes some of the ones that already turned into like a hot ash. He doesn't take from the top ones. He goes inside the pile of the coals and he takes some of the meukalot, the ones that were consumed by the fire. Now he has a shovel with coals in them. Okay? He comes down. 
He places the shovel Meaning, on that step Right next to where the blood The fellow is mixing the blood He puts over there The shovel with the coals He puts it down on the step itself Okay? Yeah, you just see the picture of the Kohen Taking the coals, right? From the, uh, from the inside From the Mizbayah Okay? Now the Gemara, the Mishnah is going to tell us here how the Ketoret of Yom Kippur was different than the Ketoret of every day. The Mishnah says, Bechol Yom, every day, Haya Hoteh Bishel Kesef. He used to go to the Mizbah Haitzon and mix the coals with, not only mix the coals, but shovel them. Hoteh, he would shovel the coals with a silver shovel. And then he would pour the coals into a golden shovel. So there were two shovels. Here on Kippur, there was one shovel. The reason why they did one shovel, they didn't want the Quint to be involved in too much exertion so he doesn't get tired. So there wasn't two processes. He would take one shovel, which is gold, shovel the coals, and finish. That was the coal, that was the shovel they would use to burn the ketoret. And they would take that golden shovel into the Kodesh uh, Kodashim in order to burn. He would not mix it. Every day, the Kohen would take a shovel that would hold four kav of coals. And he would pour it into a shovel that can contain three kabin. So the silver shovel was for kabin. Then he would pour it into a gold shovel that was a little smaller that held three kav. But on Kippur, as we said, it's one shovel, the shovel is gold, and it holds three kabin from the beginning. So he just shovels up the three kabin and he takes that into the Kodesh. Rabbi Yosei Omer, Bechol Yom Bechil Se'ah. Rabbi Yosei argues. He said, no, every day the shi'ur was a se'ah, which would be six kaf. And he pours it into a smaller shovel of three kaf. So everybody agrees the second shovel was three kaf. The mahlukah is on the first shovel. Okay, and today on Kippur, it's one shovel, three kaf in the beginning. Every day the shovel that they used to get the coals was a heavy shovel. But today was light. Because they don't want a matriah again on the Kohen. Uh, they want to make it easier. All year long, the shovel's handle was a short handle. So the Kohen would only hold it by the handle itself. But on Kippur was a long handle. Why? To make it easy for him to carry it. Because he'd be able to put the handle under his arm. So he could hold it with one hand, plus hold it under his arm. Because the, the handle was longer. To make it easier for him to carry Okay. All year long, the shovel was uh, literally is green gold. And on Kippur, it was red gold. In different uh, levels of gold. Well, every day, they were being half the ketoret in the morning and half the ketoret in the afternoon. On Kippur, there were three ketorets. 
ketoret shel shachar, ketoret shebena arbaim. Then the kohen would, would take a handful of ketoret and go into the kodesh kodeshim and bring it. So that's the third ketoret of Kippur. Again, tamit shel shachar, tamit shebena arbaim ketoret. The third ketoret was a handful of ketoret that he brought in the kodesh. Good. Bechol yomaitad daka. All year long, the ketoret was grounded finely. Daka. Vayom daka mera daka. But on Kippur, the ketoret they brought inside the Kodesh Kodashim had to be ground a second time. It was daka mera daka. Bechol yom kwanim odim b'mizrachosh el kevesh v'yordin b'ma'arabo. All year long, when the kohen went up to the mizbeah haitzon, he would go up b'mizrachosh el kevesh. He would go up the east side, meaning. The kevish was 16 amma wide. Okay? When the Kohen would walk in, he would go up on the eastern side of the kevish. That's the right side of the kevish, towards the east. He would walk up the kevish. He would make a right, because the kevish was narrower than the Mizbayah. He would make a right, then walk up the eastern side of the Mizbayah. And coming down, he'd make a left, go to the west, and come down. So he'd make a full circle around the Mizbayah. Again, going up the east, because we want him to go right. So he goes around right, and then, like we said, really, he's always making rights because he's facing towards the uh, Mizbayah. So he goes right, and he comes down the western side. However, on Kippur, he goes up the middle of the ramp. What's the reason? I mean, he goes up the middle of the ramp, then he goes around, comes around the Mizbeah and comes down again in the middle of the ramp. Why? So that she says, look at the Chol Yom Kohanim. So that she, the Buddha Matthew, the Chol Yom Kohanim. Ha'olim the Mizbeah, olim b'sfat Mizrachos shel Kevish. Right? They would go up the eastern side. Sham Mizrach uli yamin. Ha'olim. Right? The east is to the right of the person going up. Sharek panav latzafon. Right, he's facing north, right? The, the Mizbah was north-south. So he would face north, go up, and then he would make a right when he gets up. Right, we always want the Gwen to make his turns to the right. Which means you don't want now the Kohen to, as he walks up to the Mizbah, we want to go to the immediate right that he can take. We don't want him to walk past and then go up and then have to circumvent more than he has to. Now, the of the width of the kevish was sixteen amma. You come down the left side on the left. Uh, on Kippur, the Kohen shows his glory. When he travels up the middle of the mizbeah, he shows like this is his house, the Kohen's house. He doesn't look up the side of the mizbeah. He wants to walk right up the center of the mizbeah to show that he's representing Klai Israel, and don't worry, the Kohen is considered like a member of the household of God, and therefore, when he's going up to the Mizbeah, to put the bloods on the Mizbeah, to put the korbanot on the Mizbeah, even for no purpose, even if he just wants to walk up the Mizbeah, he's actually going to traverse the whole Mizbeah, because he's in front of the Mizbeah, right? He walks... Half the Mizbeah, he walks up the half, he goes around the entire Mizbeah, he walks to the half point again, comes down and walks to the 
left side. So therefore, he's actually going the entire mizbeach, um, starting from the middle of the mizbeach, because that's more noticeable for the people to show them that he's like a Ben Bayid and now it's a Last part of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yudah Le'olam Kohen Gadol Oled Be'emsa Ve'yoled Be'emsa Rabbi Yudah has argued He said not only in Kippur does the Kohen Gadol go up the middle Any time the Kohen Gadol wants to go up the middle He can go up the middle of the Mizbeah Be'chol Yom Kohen Gadol Mekadesh Adav Ragnab Nekiyor Every day the Kohen Gadol would wash his hands from the sink Ve'yom Merakiton Shezahav A Kippur that have a special pitcher of gold Where they would use to wash the Kohen's hands Rabbi Yudah Amir Le'olam Kohen Gadol Mekadesh Adav Ragnab Nekiton Shezahav Rabbi Yudah says now all year long the coin would gather would wash his hands from the special picture of gold. Bechol yom hayusham arba marachot. All year long there were four piles, meaning four piles of wood that were on the respective mizbechot. Vayom hamish, but on Kippur there were five. Devre Rabbi Meir, and we'll see exactly what they are. Rabbi Yosef Omer bechol yom shalosh vayom arba. Every day three on Kippur four. Rabbi Yudah Omer bechol yom shetayim vayom shalosh. All year two. I don't keep all three. The Gemara will explain that. Mahmoud. Amen. Amen.